Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. Man, I'm, uh, I'm really excited about hanging out with you guys today. And you know, when I look out at this room, I look out at what is Midtown, uh, man, I'm surrounded by so many friends here. I can genuinely say um, that this is a room full of friends. And uh, as I think about friendship, um, and I think about all the relationships that we're in, man, I, I, I love just hanging out with people, and I love my friends. But as we begin, help me out with this right now. When you think about friendship, and you think about a best friend, what are some qualities that bring out the best in someone? And like, what would you say a best friend really is? What are some of those qualities of a best friend? Loyalty. Loyalty. That's what's up. All right, somebody else. Come on. Well, hang on a second. What we got? Honesty. All right, somebody you can trust. Laughter. Somebody you can laugh with, have fun with. Reliability. Consistency. All right. What else? A safe place. Forgiveness. Absolutely right. What else is that? What else makes somebody just your absolute best friend? What do you do with that friend? Tell them anything. Somebody you can talk to. Spend time. Common interest. Have fun. All right. Y'all, this is a killer list. Here's the thing that I, wanted, I want to, to make sure that we see. As we think about this list of somebody that is our best friend, y'all just described attributes of God. You just described attributes of God, and I want you to know something today. If there's one thing that we know about God that I believe God wants to share with us today is that he just wants to be a friend, and he wants to be the best friend that you have. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to be that safe place you go and talk to. He wants to be the person that you share the joyful times with and you laugh with. And man, as we begin to think about that Today, man, I, it just warms my soul. This message started out a message about the voice of God. Because I think some of the big questions that we have is, does God speak still? And if he does speak, what does his voice sound like? But then as I begin to ask the question, why, God, why do you speak? Because the reality is, yes, he speaks. Speaks often. But why does he speak? Well, it's because at the core of every relationship it's communication with people. And the reason he speaks to us is because he loves us, because he wants to be our friend. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight, what friendship with God actually looks like, all right? So as we think about this, as we think about the friend that God is, I man, y'all have begun to just really paint a beautiful picture already of what the Word tells us that God is. Whether you know it or not, a lot of these attributes that you talked about, we can see them in Scripture, but as we begin in Scripture, one of the first things we see that happens whenever God creates man, whenever he creates Adam, what's the first thing he does to him? He begins to talk to him, doesn't he? And he puts him in the garden. He gives him a place to hang out, to have communion, and he communicates. And that's really the core of what friendship is all about. It's just hanging out, being together, and then being in conversation with that person. Some other voices enter into the picture. 
right? We have the voice of his wife, and we have the voice of the serpent. He comes into the garden too. But what happens is, is the voice of the serpent begins to reinterpret what God said. It begins to distort that voice, and now Adam is left with a choice. Do I believe the voice of God, or do I believe the voice of the serpent who has now deceived his wife? And what we see happen is that it, the appeal of the serpent, he made what God said seem like it had a little bit more like luster to it. But the reality is, is he led him right into a trap. But what Adam listened to was the voice of the serpent. And that's when sin entered the world. Sin entered the world whenever we decided not to listen to the voice of God. And the trouble that we're going to see when we begin to read Scripture is that the trouble is, is not God's ability to communicate. Man, we, anytime you're in a relationship with someone, man, like me and my wife, we always like to blame the other person first when there's a problem, right? Whenever there's an issue, I'm like, man, Danielle, like, if you would just do this, this would be fine. Or Danielle might come to me, man, TC, if you just, but the reality is this, we love to blame the other person in the relationship, but in our relationship with God, in that friendship, communication is never God's issue. The challenge becomes to actually listen and believe what he says. But then there's somebody that stands out when we begin to look at the examples of people that heard from God and interacted with him. There's a guy by the name of Abram. His name becomes Abraham. And when Abraham is reflected on, like when we go like all through the Bible and we look back and we say, man, who's some people that really stood out? What James says about Abraham is this. It says, the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. So Abraham believed God, and what was he? A friend of God. So our relationship with God turns into a friendship with God whenever we believe and trust what God says. And here's the thing that, that I find in my life, the challenge, I like to sit here and say, Man, I don't know if God speaks anymore. I don't know if God's talking. I don't know if God wants to spend time with me. But I got to check my voices because there's always going to be voices speaking to us. But the one that we listen to is the voice of truth that comes from the Father. And he is constantly speaking. And what we continue to see in his word is what he begins to speak. Is he begins to speak love over us. The word says he sings over us. He cares for his children. He leads us in truth. So when we begin to have struggles with our identity... Usually what's happening is we're listening to another voice other than the voice of God. Because what the voice of God says is you're a child of God. If you believe in Jesus, you're one of his children. And if you're one of his children, that means you're a part of his family. If you're part of his family, you're part of his kingdom. If you're part of his kingdom, you're part of his blessing. You're a part of the mansion. You're a part of eternity. You're a part of the fold, the flock. I mean, we get to see we're a part of this family. And so as we think about how God begins to communicate with us today, know this, man. His communication with us is never the issue. It's our willingness to listen to him. But, man, when we step into that place of just belief, we step into friendship. So what does friendship with God look like? I want to spend the majority of our time today looking at a story that Jesus tells about sheep and a shepherd. Now, I don't know why, but for some reason, when me and Jay start to use examples, our goats come up. All right? But uh, what I have learned from raising goats, which are a little bit different than sheep, but not much, is, is that when you begin to, to herd goats together and bring goats together, um, 
The funny thing is, is when you walk up and you shake that little, that, a little can of their food, man, they come running, and they know who you are, and they know their master's voice. One thing that's very specific to sheep that I think is really special is sheep are, to be honest with you, sheep are not the smartest animals, okay? But one thing about a sheep is this, is that they won't listen and respond to any other voice but their master's. It's a really cool thing. You can actually look up YouTube videos of that. Like, there's actually people that, that, that teach this passage and show that. But the crazy thing is, there's people go and they say the same phrases to these sheep. But then when the master comes up and yells, then they, they begin to respond. Their ears perk up, they turn. So, as Jesus begins to paint the picture, okay, of, of what this relationship looks like and specifically what friendship looks like, he tells us this story about sheep and a shepherd. And so today, as we begin to read, we're going to start in John chapter 10. If you didn't know this about Jesus, whenever John introduces us to Jesus, he calls him the Word. And the word that he uses is logos. What logos refers to is the living Word of God. So when we think about how God communicates to us today, he communicates to us through Scripture Scripture is 66 books of God's communication to us. It's a love letter from God to us about all the things that he's done to show the world that he loves us. And then when we see Jesus, when we meet Jesus for the first time, he is introduced as the word of God as well. And what that means is is that everything that, that God ever wanted to say or communicate to us about himself and about his love, he did it through the person of Jesus. That's what... It means when the word says that Jesus is the word, all right? So now Jesus is God's word. He begins to speak to us. And this is what he says in John chapter 10, verse 1. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Makes sense, right? I mean, if anybody comes into my house and they don't come through the front door and they come through the window, they're probably a thief or robber, all right? That's what he's saying, okay? But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Say that again, the sheep follow the shepherd because they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they did not know the voice of strangers. Now this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So let's process this first section just for a moment. All right, The big thing that Jesus begins to communicate is that there's one person that can actually, that has access to the door here, all right, and it's the shepherd. The gatekeeper lets the shepherd in, all right? And the sheep respond to the shepherd. But here's the other thing. There's, there's multiple characters in the fold here. There's the stranger that comes in, and then there's the shepherd. The shepherd has a voice. The stranger has a voice. Just like God has a voice and the serpent has a voice. There's multiple voices here, but what makes the sheep different from everybody else is this, is that they only follow the voice of the shepherd, all right? So in this relationship between the shepherd and the sheep, the voice of the shepherd is heard and it's followed by the sheep. Seems pretty simple, right? But what began to happen is that the people that he was sharing this with, 
They were the Jews. They were religious people. The crazy thing is, man, they had extreme education in the Bible. They knew so much of the Old Testament. They knew what the prophets had said foretelling the birth of Jesus. They knew those things, yet they were missing it and said they didn't understand. Now, was the problem Jesus' ability to communicate right here? Not at all. The problem was that they were struggling to actually believe. So then Jesus comes and he addresses them again in verse 7. He begins to really outline the relationship here and the beauty of the shepherd. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep, but who is the, but he who is the hired hand, he's not a shepherd who does not own the sheep. And he sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep and he flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. All right. Man, as I, as I read this, put yourself in this place. If you follow Jesus, then you are a sheep in this story, okay? What Jesus does for you as the shepherd, the word begins to call him as the good shepherd. He is defined ultimately by this person that lays down his life for the sheep. It's such a sweet relationship that we have with Jesus. And so as we begin to process this relationship, what this relationship actually looks like, Jesus contrasts who he is with the stranger, all right, with the thief. Here's what he says. First of all, there's only one way to enter the fold or the pasture, and that is through Jesus, all right? People today will tell you there's multiple ways to get to heaven. No, there's one way in order to meet God, and that is through Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so he's beginning to say that here. Number one, if you want to be a part of the pasture, if you want to be a part of life, abundant life, plenty of food to eat, plenty of water to drink, if you want to come to the abundant land, it's going to come through Jesus. He is your access. That's what it means when he says, I am the door, I'm the gate, I am your access. Okay? Now, as he continues... He says, but there are other voices that are going to speak into your life as well. There's the thieves and the robbers. But here's the difference. Again, pay attention to this. The sheep don't listen to them. You're going to see repeatedly as he speaks, there's an opportunity for us to listen. Listening is what makes all the difference because when we begin to listen, that leads into this point of believing. And what you're going to see throughout Scripture, the limiting factor to us stepping into salvation is belief. What John 3.16 says is this, God absolutely loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. It's belief. 
Man, we love to sit here and blame these things on other things. Man, I don't know. Man, the church just made me mad as a kid. Man, I don't know if God ever talks anymore. I don't know. This person, this person's not acting this way and that person and whatever. But man, I want to just invite you today. Take responsibility for what you hear from Jesus. And do you believe? Do you believe what he says? Because what he says, man, is so true and it's so sweet. It's like milk and honey, right? It's good. It's music to our ears when we listen to the Father. So as we continue to see this this contrast a little bit more, so the thief, he comes in with the intent only to steal, kill, and destroy. That happened with the serpent in the garden with Adam and Eve. That happened all throughout Scripture. That happens all in our life. The thief comes in, and his only intent is to wreck your life. All these other voices that you hear that are speaking things into you, okay, that are trying to tell you this and that and the other, Their intent is still kill and destroy. There's one voice, and it's the voice of God that speaks truth that we are to listen to, right? Now, as he continues, another thing we see is this. Jesus is not just any shepherd, but he's a good shepherd. And a good shepherd, the first way that he defines being a good shepherd is the fact that he knows his sheep. He knows his sheep. Do you know that if you give your life to Jesus, you begin to follow him? And sometimes that even giving your life to Jesus seems complicated. Listen, when Jesus calls, what John 6, 44 says is that God will draw you to him. As God draws you, your response is that I believe, now I'm going to follow. That's what we're responsible for. That's what the sheep are responsible for here. The shepherd, he's out fighting wolves. He's slaying the beast for us. He's protecting the border. He's making sure that your grass is green. He's making sure you don't eat something and get sick. He's making sure you're being fed fresh water. He's doing all these things for you. All you got to do is follow his voice. That's it. Man, and, and we lay all these things out. And, and man, we live in a culture, we love how-to stuff, man. We love to read those how-to books, how to do this, how to do that, how to do this. And I'm just telling you, Jesus makes it plain and simple. He simplifies it so so much so that a a sheep with a really small brain can do it. Follow me. Follow me. And we sit here and y'all, we we hear this, man, I got to go reach my neighborhood I don't know know how to have this conversation. I don't know how to see my city change. I don't know how to do all this. I mean, that seems way out there. Like, I don't know. And all Jesus says to do is just, will you come follow me? Just follow me. You know, and we're like, man, I just just don't know. I don't know what the end of this thing is. I just just don't know. I don't know how my life's going to go. And he says, listen, don't worry about that. I got the end for you. You know how the story ends. I destroy the enemy you know, my, my children come to eternity with me. Just follow me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the flashlight. I'm going to show you the next step to take. Just follow me. Oh, that, that never needs to, to become so simple to us that we, we, we push us off as elementary teaching and we, and we move beyond it. Never move beyond that. That is, that is every single day with Jesus is following him. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... Um, just believe here there's there's quite a few of us who have said Jesus I want to follow you I want your salvation I want to follow you and we're like in this thing 10 15 20 years down the line and you're like I don't know what to do with my life now you know what you do you follow Jesus it's the same thing every single day you follow Jesus what a new adventure I'll tell you that much follow Jesus okay I can't tell you how simple this is. And it was so simple, that's why the Jews couldn't get it. 
They had memorized so much of the Old Testament. They knew so much of the Word, but they couldn't understand the fact that Jesus, number one, was standing in front of them, that He was the living Son of God. He was the Messiah that they had been foretold about. And all He was saying is, just come follow me. Just come follow me. I'm going to take care of you. All right, all right, cool. So we got that. As He continues to say that, I know my sheep. Here's the final thing that He says, and this is so big, right? He says, and I laid down my life for the sheep. I laid down my life for the sheep. Y'all, he covers everybody in the spectrum here because, first of all, if you don't know Jesus and you're not following him, okay, he calls out to us and says, come follow me. And our response is to hear his voice, just simply respond, turn from wherever we're at towards Jesus and begin to follow him. That's how we enter into friendship with him, just like Abraham did, is we put our belief and our trust in Jesus, and we trust him to follow him, okay? If you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, same thing, come follow him. If you are someone who are a part of the fold, you would call yourself a sheep. You would say that, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but man, I went far away, and I'm far away right now. Like, I, I prayed as a kid, and I, I, it was real, but man, life hit me, addictions hit me, this hit me, that hit me, and I'm far off. You know what Jesus said he does? He leaves the 99 sheep, he leaves the flock, leaves them in safety, and he goes after that one. And you know what you need to do if you're that person today? Just listen for his voice, because you know what he's saying? He's saying, man, just come back and follow me. I got you. I got you. I got green pasture for you right here. I got living water right here. Come on. Come back. That works for somebody here today. I know it. It's for me. Because you know what? I get to the end of the day sometimes, and I'm like, man, what in the world happened today? Like, I started off good, but who am I now? And I get in an argument, or I say something, or my anger lets loose, and I'm like, man, this beast comes out. And I hear the shepherd say, he's just come back, follow me. You, you put way too much pressure on yourself to do this. I already got that thing figured out. Just follow me. Man, he's a good friend, isn't he? So good. So good. So, Jesus, as the good shepherd, he ultimately defines the relationship like this. He says, listen, sheep, listen to my voice. And I, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to lay down my life for you. Now, we got this. Jesus' people got this. The Jews were really struggling. At this point, they're thinking about killing him. They're really perplexed with what he's saying. They're confused. And they even make the point, should we even listen to this man anymore? All right. Here's what he says. He brings clarity. Chapter uh, 10, we're in verse 24 now. So the Jews gathered around him and they said to him, How long are you going to keep us in suspense, Jesus? If you really are the Christ, then tell us plainly. <laughs> okay, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I told you, and you don't believe. And again, the, the problem is not God's desire to speak to us, man. He's spoken. Will you listen? We, we listen. He says, come follow me. We, we follow. And here's what he says. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe because you're not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life 
They will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Oh, man, that's so good. I believe that when we step into a relationship with Jesus, he protects us for eternity. Our salvation is for eternity. And this is one of these pivotal verses that we need to put in our arsenal against the enemy that sits here and says, hey, you know what? You, you messed up today. You lost it. You're out of the flock. You're gone. No, no, Jesus runs after you. When you step out of line, you're good. His grace is big enough to cover you and your mistakes, okay? So nothing's going to come in and take you out of his Father's hand. And he reassures us here. He says, my Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. And I and the Father are one. Man, I'm thankful God's got big, strong hands. You know what I'm saying? Because the enemies come after me time and time again. And I can truly say that my life is a testimony to the fact that nothing can snatch me out of his hand. God's got it. And he's got you. It's not just me. Everyone that begins to live this life where they say, yeah, Jesus, I believe I'm following you. He's like, I got you then. We're good. My father's good. He's got this. So you sit here and you say, all right, cool. I get the sheep thing. What's this have to do with friendship? All right. Well, a couple chapters later, here's what he begins to say. All right. I love it. John chapter 15, verses 12 through 17. Jesus is just talking about love and abiding in the Father's love. And he says this, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than someone lay down his life for his what? Friends. All right. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Paul, just pay attention to that. So everything that God has revealed to Jesus, because Jesus is friends of those that believe in him, he says, listen, I have told you everything. I revealed everything to you. That's what a good friend does, right? We trust each other. We share, the, we share the deep stuff. Jesus shares the deep stuff. that Everything that God wants us to know, he's sharing it with us. All right, he's a real friend. And he says this, So no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I call you friends. For all that I've heard from my father, I made known to you. Get this, y'all. You want to know why you don't lose your salvation? Because this right here, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Oh, man, the shepherd chose the sheep. You don't have to worry about it. It's good. He chose us. I chose you and appointed you so that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask in the Father, in my name, he may give it to you. Get that? I chose you. And I'm revealing my Father's heart to you. So you know what, man, whatever you ask in the Father's name, whatever you ask according to his will, he's got this. He's going to take care of it. So you know what happens? You know when you get up in the morning and you're like, all right, God, I'm giving you my yesterday. Anybody do that this week? All right, here we go. So you get up and you say, all right, God, I've given you my yesterday. You know what you do next? You sit there and you say, all right, Father, Lord, would you show me, show me someone to go to? Because I know it's your will that I go and I share your love with the world around me. God, show me who today. Help me narrow this thing down. There's so many things in the world that distract me. God, help me narrow this down. You know what he'll do? He's going to show you stuff. 
Every single time, he's going to show you stuff. We're going to hear a story about that in just a minute. But you better believe it. He's going to begin to reveal things. He's going to begin to speak to you. He's going to remind you of a name. He's going to bring an image into your mind. He'll begin to communicate to you. He will speak to you very intimately. You know why? And you can trust that prayer to always be answered because that's his heart. That's his name. That's his name going out. That's the love of Jesus going out. You better believe he's going to meet you right there. Y'all, this thing of evangelism, we made way too complicated. It's not. Just follow the voice of the shepherd. Just ask him. He's going to say, go right here. Look for this person. He gets real specific, y'all. God, God, God loves to answer these prayers. Like He fires him up. He gets so pumped about it. All right? So here's what he says. Verse 17. Circle it, underline it. These things I command you so that you will love one another. The reason Jesus paints this picture for us of what genuine friendship is, what does he say friendship is? It's laying down your life. That's the friendship that Jesus offers to you as he laid down his life for you to pay the price for you that you might be able to then be friends with God. Now that he has done that for you, and the way that the shepherd operates in the fold of the sheep, this is what he does. Again, what does he say? The sheep hear my voice, but I'm a good shepherd, and I lay down my life for my sheep. I protect my sheep. He's a good friend to his sheep. And now here, it's a couple chapters later, he's telling his disciples what real love looks like, what real friendship looks like. And he says, man, in the same way that the shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, that's how I want you to go out and love one another. That's how I want you to go out and love one another. Because when you begin to follow Jesus, you begin to fall in love with him, you begin to sing those worship songs and they get seated deep in your heart, you begin to go through the word, go through the psalms, you begin to sing and just stirs this joy in your soul about how good he is. He's rising that in you so that you can begin to vocalize that and share that truth with others. Because you know what Jesus is sitting there running after? He's running after lost people. You know who Jesus is also a friend of that made so, by, so, so many religious people mad? He said he's a friend of sinners. Yeah, he laid down his life for sinners. <laughs> when me and you were not a part of the fold yet, when me and you were way out, way far from God, it says that Jesus died for us. While we were in the midst of the act, sinning, he died for us because he's a friend. He lays down his life. So, if we put this thing together, friendship with God is not just about you and God. Because the great commandment is not just about our love for God, but it's our love for our neighbor. So when Jesus begins to teach his disciples about how much he loves them, the purpose of him saying that I love you so much and you're my friends and I'm willing to die for you, so that they would then know how to love one another, okay? And so as we begin to bring all this to a close tonight, I thought about, man, what's, how, how do we just take this into application? And I want to just help you see the truth that I've been speaking about tonight about how much God just wants to be our friend and what happens when we begin to listen to the voice of God. And I've got my friend Debbie Tonight, I've asked her to share a story, and I want you to know that this story is something that's still unfolding. It's continuing to just increase my faith. But Debbie, if you would, would you come and, uh, and would you share with us? Because 
this story, y'all, um, began to unfold on a Tuesday night. And uh, Debbie is someone that uh, I absolutely love Debbie, and I love her faith. This is Debbie, by the way. Thank you so much. Yeah. So on a, on a Tuesday night, okay, we go downtown, go walking, and what we do is we follow what Jesus says. So Jesus says, listen, to all my sheep, all I want you to do is come follow me. Just listen to my voice. And so we begin to go, and we begin to pray the Father's will. We begin to pray his heart. So we say, Father, would you show me someone that you want me to just show your love to tonight? Now, tell us the story. Bring us into what happened this past couple weeks. Thank you. Um, it was a Tuesday night about three or four weeks ago. Um, we were down on the rooftop on Market Square, and Jay had said, okay, this is the time. Everybody ask the Lord to show you who it is that we can pray for, who it is that needs encouragement. And um, I got kind of a, a snapshot of a little girl with a white bandana tied on her head, walking, holding the hand of a mother. And um, I said, all I see is this little girl with this white bandana. And as I'm speaking the words, I'm getting a revelation <laughs> that it's more than that. And I said, and her mother's grieving because she's either heard from her doctor or she has heard something upsetting about this pregnancy that she's, she has. And um, I'm supposed to pray for her. <laughs> and so that kind of got everybody's attention and we went out and we walked and no little girl with a white bandana. So week two comes, and um, I still can't get this little girl with the white bandana and the mom out of my mind. And so Rhonda is who I usually walk with. And um, I said, Rhonda, let's keep looking for the little girl with the white bandana. So another week goes by, no little girl with the white bandana. And I get a, a message that um, our group of people were all going to go to worship Knoxville down by the sun sphere. And um, so Rhonda was there and my husband and my family and um, we're getting ready to go up to the stage because they're kind of saying, you know, come on up and, and worship. And as I'm walking up, I see this little girl about just like in my vision with the white bandana on her head. And I look and I see she's holding her mother's hand. And I said, miss, miss. And she turns and looks at me, and I said, I know you don't know me, but is there anything that you need prayer for? And the minute that I said that, her hand goes like this. And I said, wait. <laughs> I said, I've got to go get Rhonda. <laughs> so I run and go grab Rhonda, and I said, we, I found her. I found her. And um, so Rhonda comes over. And she had her cousin there with her and our sister-in-law there with her. And the three of us um, heard this woman's story about the news that her doctor had given her. And um, she said, I need so much prayer. I found out that I'm expecting. And one of the twins, baby B, is not looking right on the ultrasound. And they've given us some heavy news. And I said to her, well, God, three weeks ago showed me you walking with this little, little girl. And um, I said, three weeks ago, he put it on my heart 
to find you and to tell you that he sees what you're going through and he knows that you're hurting and he wants you to know that he loves you. Mm. And um, she was, of course, wrecked. <laughs> I was wrecked and um, yeah, I mean, I was just so blown away that because he loved her so much that he would give me that picture yeah. of her and, and I would be able to, in fact, bring his love to her in a new way. That's so awesome. So y'all prayed together that night, we did. correct? We did you prayed pray over together. this pregnancy. Yeah, give God yes. praise. Yes. So here's the, here's the thing. The story doesn't end there. Okay, so I get a text message from a friend of mine the other day. They're in the middle of the week. I get a text message and he says, man, you're not going to believe this. This lady found my wife the other night and began to pray for her. And he tells me this whole story that she just told me. And he says, he said, I just went and we just got an ultrasound and both babies are healthy. Everything's good. Yo. And as we continue to think about this storyline and what he, what he wrote to me about what his wife was feeling was this. He said, man, my wife really been struggling that God hadn't noticed her, that God didn't see her. But she knew that night that God still saw her, that God still loved her. Listen, whenever we begin to operate, man, to the king. Yeah, to the king. To the king. So thank you so much for sharing that. I love that. Because whenever we do, whenever we do what Debbie did, whenever we begin to operate, man, all she did was say, Lord, I'm, she made herself available. Debbie, thank you for making yourself available. Thank you. Thank you. Because as you made yourself available... It not, only, it not only increased her faith, but now it changed, it changed this other family's life too. And this other family now, they're encouraged. They're hearing the voice of God. They're knowing that God is speaking, that God is not distant, that he is very close, that he's truly a good shepherd, that he sees them in the midst of their hurt, that he's really a good friend. They know that now. They've been encouraged in that now. And so, y'all, I'm praying for this family. I'm praying they show up at Midtown here soon. You know, I'm praying that they continue to just walk with our people. But when we begin to operate in faith like that, I want you to know there's so much more at stake than just us and our relationship with God. There's so much more. This Debbie's step of faith led to now our faith being encouraged as a church. That's the beautiful friendship of our father and so uh, tonight as we think about that man like we give God all glory but I want you to know that the same thing that Debbie has stepped into in her obedience it's not a weird thing man it's the normal when you're walking with Jesus I want y'all to know that that's the, that's the new normal for you when you step into faith with Jesus and y'all, we get to this place where we're like, man, that's just, that's, that's far out there. That's weird. I don't know if God can do that with me. Well, tell the enemy to shut up and then step into faith with Jesus because his voice says, listen, we're going after this and people need to know my love and we're rolling. We're going. And if you want to know where to go, just ask the Father. He's going to tell you right where that next step needs to plant. He's going to tell you where to go get coffee tomorrow morning. He's going to tell you who to order from. He's going to tell you how to encourage your waitress or your waiter. He's going to do those things for you. Y'all, if, if you want to step into this and you want to do it with some other people, again, man, Tuesday nights, we meet at the top of Market Square Garage at 630. But that's not the only place that God speaks. Praise Jesus. 
You can step out right now. You can sit here and say, God, man, what's my next step? And that's really how we're going to end tonight. I want to just invite you to go before your good friend in Jesus. And if you haven't responded to him yet, know that he is calling. His voice calls. And he says, come, follow me. Come if you're weary and you're heavy laden. Just come on. Come on. Come if you're a fisherman. Just drop your net. Come on. That's what he begins to say. Just come on. No matter what society thinks of you, come on. I love you. No matter what your role is in your family, no what people said about you, no matter what, man, I'm, I got a fresh identity for you. Come be my sheep, man. Come. Just follow me. Just listen for his voice. And that's really what I want us to do tonight is just practice listening to his voice and believing it. Would you believe what Jesus says about you? Would you believe what Jesus says about his children? That he will never leave you, he will never forsake you. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that if you've been engaged in a relationship with Jesus and, and you feel like, man, I just messed it up. I'm so far from him. Maybe I lost this thing. Would you just listen to his voice? Would you step back in today? My invitation for us all is just, man, would you just say yes to Jesus again? One week of it's been good, hasn't it? Let's do it again. Another week of saying yes to Jesus. Yes, I want to follow you. So right now, um, I just want to invite you to pray. And I want to invite you to do this. As you just close your eyes and you just get alone in the intimacy with you and Jesus right now. Would you thank him? But he's such a good friend. It's in your own words right now. Would you just thank the Father? Say, Father, I thank you for being my friend. Oh, man. Friendship shatters you, don't it? You feel it deep. You feel it deep. Like when you come back, I remember with Danielle, I remember when, when the thing, when it got real, when we became friends. It's when I confessed to her everything that I ever did, and she looked at me, she said, I still love you. How much more does Jesus look when we confess everything that we've ever done to the Father? We tell him all the things that we struggle with. We make every bit of confession, and he says, come, I got you. I love you. I cover a multitude of sins. Man, friendship shatters your heart. But you know what it does to your neighbor? Man, it shatters their heart too. So, Father, we say thank you right now. We say thank you for your friendship. Lord, would your spirit fall on us fresh right now? Lord, would it bring clarity? God, we know you've spoken. Would you speak again? Would you remind us of your voice? And would you give us the courage to listen and say, yes, Father? We say thank you. And thank you for being a good shepherd, being a good friend. Lord, would you lead us in the love that you have for us as we recognize that you call us and you lead us into love not only to love you and to enter into friendship with you, but to love the world around us and enter into friendship with them that they might know your love. God, let more people know your love. Father, we thank you for our friends here. What a beautiful thing it is to be a part of the family of the church. So now, as you continue to pray, I want to invite you to stand together. And we're just going to give him praise. Man, who is this great king of glory? Seated on high in the heavens. His name's Jesus, isn't he? Yeah, let's give him praise tonight. Let's give him praise.